Hello and welcome to another episode of Sejanan, hosted by James, Stuart and me, Steve. We're just three guys raising awareness around men's mental health. There are no professionals here, it is just us three sharing our own opinions. Each episode, we'll explore different topics and challenges men face when it comes to handling their mental health. Our goal is to get people talking. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sedja Nan. I'm James and I'm joined this week by Steve. Steve, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks, James. I mean, I can't help but notice that we are a slightly lopsided this this uh, this episode. We are, we are, yeah. Um, my trusty companion Stu couldn't join us this week. He's uh, he's in having a uh, a small medical procedure. Oh, and that is well, I say medical procedure. He's gone to have his arsehole bleached. Oh, I mean, he's been talking about it for ages. Bless him. He's saved up the money to get it done. He has. I just can't imagine him as a blonde. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll show you the moment he gets back. Absolutely, absolutely. If he sends me a photo, I'll post it on uh, on our Instagram. Just, just sending you all a little golden kiss. Absolutely. So, how's it going anyway? You're right. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Kind of, uh, you know, January's out of the way, and uh, you know, start onto the to the new month and going to the gym and all this jazz and because now obviously everyone who went to the gym in January has stopped because they can't be bothered with it anymore. Um, so yeah, going to start getting back into that and got to get my brain into gear, into kind of convincing myself that this is a good thing for me. I need to do this. I need to do this. So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really difficult. But other than that, I'm, I'm doing all right. I haven't been up to anything interesting though, before you ask. Oh. Uh, I No, not really. Nothing that kind of, you know, wows you into like, oh my God, that's amazing. So no, what about yourself? Well, I mean, stepping stepping back to the gym's pretty amazing. That's a big step to take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm still doing it in like three or four weeks time, that will be even more impressive for me. Uh, I just need to not get out of the habit of doing it. 21 times, that's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Medical professionals say that if you do something 21 times, your brain forms a habit. 21 times just specifically 21 times doesn't matter how long as long as you do it 21 times in a row presumably yeah if if you repeat something 21 times your brain forms a habit oh i did not know that ah there we go well there you go i'll have to go 21 times and i'll know that's it i mean i'm locked in for the for the uh for the year then yeah absolutely absolutely how did uh how did dry, dry january work for you yeah it went really well still not out of drink yeah um excellent I mean, at this moment in, of recording, it would be, yeah, 36 days I'd have not had alcohol. Brilliant. And uh, I've been at the pub multiple times. I've even even kind of hosted Cards Against Humanity at the Catherine where we're in Norwich um, uh, <clears throat> without any alcohol. And it was, uh, I managed to do that, which actually wasn't as, wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. So, yeah. How about you, yourself? Were you, you were, you were off the, off the alcohol, weren't you, for January? Yeah, I didn't completely stick off of it but i um i certainly reduced my intake so i'm probably you know only drinking one night a week now um which is good i feel good for it um and it's 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 funny because it's back to that you know 
I'll get to a, a Saturday night and think, oh, I fancy a drink tonight. It's been a long week. I'll have a bottle of red wine. I wake up the next day and it's like, no, that, that wasn't a good idea. It wasn't a good <laughs> idea at all. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that it's like, oh, you know, I fancy a drink bottle. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I suppose in some ways it must for you. It's because it, like you're 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 the basically the family taxi, aren't you? So like, yeah. you know, for you, I guess it's kind of you have to have a drink when you're able to actually do it uh, through fear, you know, because someone could go, oh, could you take me here or could you pick me up there or whatever? But which is a good thing to a degree. I mean, as much as it can be a pain in the ass ferrying people around every evening, it does stop me, uh, you know, wanting to go and reach for for a bottle or something. Mm, yeah. It's expensive as well because wine isn't cheap. No, 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 and I'm uh, I'm not a cheap date. <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> anyway, we've spoken about enough about my alcoholism in a previous episode. People can go and check check that out if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, oh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> So, um, so okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, you know, that's that's good to hear. Um, have you been up to anything else? No, not really. Just work. To be honest, just work. Um, I think you know we we did our last episode where we were talking about debt. That kind of made me think about where I am financially at the moment. And you know, I've certainly made some changes over the last couple of weeks to try and curb the amount I'm spending each month. So that's that's had a positive impact. And actually almost to a degree of every time I've had the urge to go and spend some money on something, I've almost just re-listened to our podcast episode and it's made me think twice about it. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you know what, as long as it helps somebody, you know, that's the thing that that's, that's the good thing about it. If, if someone can listen to it and go, God, I don't want to end up like that. And they don't spend all that money or. Absolutely. Something, something a bit weird when it's just you listening to your own voice and going, God, I don't want to end up like that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, what's uh, so obviously you were talking about the last episode, but what's uh, for the listeners out here, for the benefit of them, what is the uh, what is the theme of today's episode? So today, I, we, I was sitting there, uh, I don't know, a week or so ago, proposing ideas for, for episodes to come up. And I thought, Do you know what? One that we've not really touched on much is a term called spiralling. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's not actually a mental health condition, but it can form part of the behaviours of several uh, mental health conditions. So, do you know, have you got a view what spiralling is? Have you got any idea? Uh, well, it's <laughs> well, it's kind of like when you kind of... No have... sexual terms, just keep it clean. No, no. Well, from, from someone who tends to do it, fairly often it's kind of like where you where you have like a negative thought and then or not necessarily negative I mean sometimes you can spiral upwards but normally what I find it's negative so you'll kind of have it and then there'll be like a a pattern of of, that you'll be thinking about and then you'll just kind of escalate it in your own mind (laughs) you'll hurt your own feelings and then essentially you just it just becomes so overwhelming that you just crash and burn um all because of a certain thing that's what my that's what my experience is of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty spot on. So, um, I'll, I'll read you the the official term. So, uh, spiraling of mental health is a term used to describe when someone is on a downward cycle of mental health issues. It can include depression, anxiety, or others dis- other disorders, uh, and can be a result of a traumatic event or a long term health issue. Uh, spiraling is not an official mental health term, as I said. Uh, but it is a helpful description uh, of a particular mental state where your thoughts and feelings go down and you feel out of control. 
Uh, catastrophic thinking can trigger more intense negative thoughts, which are usually focused on worst case scenarios and push you into a downward spiral or low mood and declining in your mental health. And the weird thing about that is that whole kind of like catastrophizing everything is like they're not even, well, I, again, this is just me personally, they're not even real things. Mm. Like, so what will happen for me, for example, because I <laughs> I am a very damaged individual um, when it comes to certain things. So I, get, I have certain triggers, especially in things like relationships, for example. And there'll be something that I will see, like a, a, uh, some kind of behavior, which will probably not actually be what I, what I'm thinking it is. Um, but then I will associate that and I'll be like, well, hang on a minute. That's, that happened to me before. And this happened to me before. And so what happens is you then draw from that, what will happen. And then what you do is you're like, okay, well, because they're doing that, that's definitely going to happen. And then what you end up doing is you end up convincing yourself that that thing has actually happened. You create this environment, like this this scenario in your mind, and then you just you just end up hurting your own feelings. And then you're like, oh, I feel really shit now. <laughs> and again, it's it's yeah. not, and it's and it's through, you know, I mean, it could sometimes it could just be where something has happened. Um, where you have an argument, for example, or you have a, a disagreement or something doesn't quite go quite to plan. Like for me, um, if I don't like it when plans change last minute, uh, it really kind of triggers me. And I hate that word trigger, but like the, it, it really does kind of spark me off <clears throat> and I can go from that and it will literally just boom, my, it'll destroy my mood and I'll go all the way around and I'll think about well, what I could have done or what, what, you know, if we've been doing this or if we've been doing that or you know, my brain just doesn't allow, doesn't mm. like it. And again, yeah, it causes me to spiral and it can take, it can take hours, sometimes even a couple of days to get out of it. Um, but again, I can't help that. That's just how my brain works. What with the old ADHD and all that shit. Mm. I, I've certainly had experience of it personally, I, but I, mine are more slow burning spirals. I don't, you know, crash you know, within a matter of minutes or hours, mine is normally days, weeks, and you can just feel yourself getting more and more low, getting more and more worked up, more and more worried about things where you, you really do end up hitting rock bottom and you feel completely worthless. Mm. And it's such a hard thing to do to pull yourself back out of again. And I think it's also hard because sometimes, because like, um, where with the whole kind of, you know, catastrophizing and your and your and your create your thinking of worst case scenarios. Mm. They're, they're worst case scenarios that haven't happened. So you're well, a lot of the time, they're then you're you're looking at it going, oh well, this is what's going to happen, even though it hasn't yet. Um, and the problem with that is when you try to explain that to somebody, you don't because you think, well, this I can't, I can't really talk about this to someone because this hasn't happened. Yep. This is just something that I'm thinking about and I'm worried about because I've looked at what has happened and then I'm drawing a conclusion in my head of like, right, well, this is going to happen because it's happened before or whatever. So it's really difficult to actually have that conversation, I find, to have that conversation with someone to say, look, I'm kind of like, this is not a good thing for me. Um, and this is, the, you know, and that this is where I am. Yeah, the, the brains, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing, but it's also interesting, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever had, uh, like as an example, I've had a really bad dream one night, which can be quite upsetting. 
and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and feel really upset. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's almost like that that dream state has morphed into your emotions in reality, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I have that probably more more than I would care to admit. Like I I had a I've had a couple of dreams recently. Oh Jesus. I did tell my other half about one of them. But one of them was where um I just I just lost my other half. Like he was there with me and and then in my I literally I remember feeling when I woke up a genuine sense of loss. I thought I thought he was gone. Mm. And I was like, fuck. And then I had to remind myself it was just a dream. But then I got angry at him for losing <laughs> me, even though it wasn't really him. So I'm like, no, well, I can't really tell him that. But I remember waking up and like you say, I really it, it made me feel shit. And I and I felt really bad the next day because I was, mm. and then I kept thinking about well, what happens if that happens in real life? What if he does that in real life? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not him at all. Do you know what I mean? This is just my own fucking mm. brain. So yeah, no, I totally get it. It is so crazy, but again, that's probably because whatever it is that you were dreaming about is probably something to do with what's going on in 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 real life. Like, so you can associate, like, so for that whole kind of me him being there one minute and losing him, it's probably my subconscious fear that I'm that he's going to lose interest and I'm going to he's I'm going to lose him, and and they all those little things just kind of manifest and in in the weirdest ways. Um. But when you when you when you spiral downwards, and you get to that point, like, do you talk to anyone about it, or do you just try your best to kind of just get yourself out of it? So personally, I've got a few coping mechanisms which I can I can talk about. But I I do find talking to somebody. So you know, again, Stu generally is my confidant when it comes to stuff like that. We sh- we're pretty open and honest in terms of stuff like that. So I can, you know, because we work together as well, we we talk multiple times every day it's easy for me to go you know I'm having a bad day today because you know or you know that's really triggered me because you know we we talk it through because you're getting it from um you're getting an outsider's view yeah on it yeah but interestingly I don't I don't necessarily open up to my wife about it no I'm the same why don't you open up to your wife about it oh <sighs> So terribly, right? Mine is the stereotypical man up, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm I'm the strong one. I'm the the provider, the caregiver. I'm the you know the one that does stuff. And when you know there's a problem, I'm the one that goes and fix it. I'm not. And, and again, I, I I caveat that with I know all the right things to do, and I've said it on previous episodes. Is you know I work in this do as I say, not as I do. I am not perfect, right? And I I know I'm not perfect. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm. For me, I don't necessarily. I find it di- more difficult having that conversation, um, yeah, with with my wife than I would a friend. Do you find that's because you don't? There's a part of you that wouldn't want your wife to look at you as if you weren't strong and you weren't all of those things. Do you think that she would that she would see you any differently if you told her? I know she wouldn't see me any differently at all. That's that's the stupid thing, right? Because we have got a really good, open and honest relationship. We always have had. Mm, yeah. Um, but there's just this niggling in the back of my mind where it's like, you know, it's not right to, to talk to her about that. See, I having I, obviously I know your wife. Sorry about that. <laughs> and like you said, though, she, I know for a fact she would never, ever think 
that of you at all. Like, and, and no. like I say, you know, I know that the relationship that you two have, which is fantastic. Um, but again, that's that's your thing, isn't it? That's your that's again mm. you're catastrophizing the situation, even though you know full well that it would never happen. You're creating this situation in your mind where if you did tell her, that's somehow a weakness for you. Yep. Um, which again, you know, isn't, but you're creating this um, situation, which doesn't help, does it? Because if, if, for example, there wasn't anyone else around to talk to, you'd probably keep it to yourself. All right. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is really bad for you. Mm, it is. But then I'm saying this to you. I'm saying this to you, but I'm the same. I'm the same as you. I mean, I'm not the caregiver. I don't do all that. You know, <laughs> he can look after himself. Um, but like, but then, but there in that, like for me, mine's very different. Whereas, <clears throat> so for you, I think, I don't know, I suppose it works differently, but because you're like, you're married, you've got kids, you know, you guys have been together for fucking forever. Um, 21 years, mate. 21 years. 21 years. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Been, I've been married for 18 and 18 and a bit. But like for me, like I worry about telling, if I ever have these situations, I keep this to myself as well. Uh, which I realize how kind of hypocritical this is me kind of saying this to you, but like, but my thing is, is I fear that if I actually let out my full crazy, he'd be like, fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, we're not married. We're not, you know, we're not in a, any kind of binding situation. And it does, it worries. The, it really does worry me sometimes where I'm like, if I say anything, and again, mine's because of previous situations where I've been in really mm. uh, not good relationships at all. Yeah. And whenever I've kind of like raised an issue that's something that I've been worried about because something's happened or whatever, usually you've had that kind of situation where when I say it, you kind of get that, oh, for God's sake, you know what? No, Do you know, uh, this is too much. I, I'm not going to deal with this. You know, maybe we should just. Mm. and i'm like mm. and that has created this fear for me that where if i ever kind of have say anything i worry that what i say will be enough for them to go oh do you know what i just this is too much i can't deal with all this mm. uh i just want an easy life and so what happens is i create that in my head where i'm like if you say anything it's gonna piss him off and then you're gonna lose him which is something i really do not want to happen so I just keep sometimes I keep shit to myself, but then I know that communication is 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 the absolute best uh, situation to have. But it's so difficult um, when you've gone through your life so long just by keeping stuff together, like to yourself, even. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, when when you said that, um, I had this image flash into my head of I think it's one of the scary movie films where you've got James Woods playing the priest. And he walks into the room to the, you know, it's a mock-up of the exorcist. And he walks into the room to the Regan tied to the bed. And he just goes, fuck this, and turns and walks back That's out That's exactly what is. That's exactly yeah. it in my head. Yeah. I'm sat there and I'm like, <laughs> okay, so explain to him everything that happens and, ex and tell him everything that's happened in your previous relationships, which is why you're like this. He would be all like, oh, okay, no, yeah. but thanks, though. It's been fun. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. But again, he might not. Do you know what I mean? But again, it goes back to that catastrophizing and, and you know, you're, the way you're thinking of these things, you create this thing. And then, it, you, again, you just hurt your own feelings. And it's horrible. Mm. Um, with the research I did, there was a great blog post by uh, the, the company Calm. Uh, not Campaign Against Living Miserably. This is Calm, as in they've, they've got an app that you can get. Don't know if you've ever seen it. Yep. 
and it's good for mindfulness techniques and things like that. So on their website, they've said that common triggers for spiraling thoughts include stressful life events like job loss, relationship breakdown uh, or other personal crises that can trigger spiraling thoughts. Social media comparisons. Mm -hmm. So scrolling through social media and comparing oneself unfavorably to others can often lead to a spiral of negative thinking. Um, overwhelming workloads, so feeling swamped with the tasks or responsibility, that can trigger intrusive thoughts of never being able to cope or succeed or you're not good enough to do the job that you're, you're there doing. Uh, and relationship issues, so problems in personal relationships leading to a downward spiral. I think as we've, we've kind of said, it's, you know, you need to have that open communication if you can. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough one, right? So, so some of the coping mechanisms that are, are recommended for spiraling are uh, stay in the moment with mindfulness. So, um, again, there's plenty of apps out there now that offer mindfulness. I think most, I think even like Apple have now added it to their health app. You can do mindfulness, which is, you know, a lot of people say it's meditation. You don't have to view it as meditation if you don't want to be one of those people. You can; it's more deep breathing exercises. See, I've I've never been able to do meditation because my brain doesn't switch off, so I couldn't. I'd just be sat there and like, and I can't relax. So yeah, I mean, it's great, but like I say it's not always for me. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, so can you? Are you able to sit and listen to an audio book? Uh, to a point, but it really does. It really does depend on what i'm listening to um so if it's if it's a and this is going to kind of a really stupid thing to say but if it's something that i'm interested in like if it's a subject i'm interested in i can listen to it and i'll be like oh yeah this is good um but it, just any old audiobook no like honestly my brain just wanders off and oh look there's something shiny um and, and <laughs> squirrel <laughs> yeah so that's why i like this meditation thing because what happened i know you're supposed to sit there listening to like the you know the, the the bells you know the boom 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 gong 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 and all this jazz <laughs> and i and i sit there and it's like i just can't you know and you have that person going and just breathe in and hold and relax i'm like can't do it can't do it cuz i'm just like you know yeah. when it says you know clear your mind I, if i could clear my mind hun that would be great but <laughs> <laughs> ain't no switching this shit off <laughs> yeah it doesn't work for everybody which is why i said about audiobooks because you know if you can if you could at least for 10 minutes a day sit in a chair with your eyes closed and listen to an audiobook that is a form of mindfulness in itself yeah um so shake it off is the next one so when you're feeling down get up and get moving exercise releases those feel-good chemicals so those uh endorphins in the brain when you move around so you know don't have to be a marathon or anything just go for a walk around the block get some fresh air in your lungs that can help and i use that a lot so i do um you know i do practice mindfulness mm. um i'm not one for listening to like you say these you know dong 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 <laughs> bells going off and all that you know you can't even <laughs> tap your foot to it can you you know um but you know i do like things like you know where you get the the ones I listen to are normally people telling a story of some sort, but in the background they have things like, you know, the sounds of waves crashing or rain or things like that, which does help. Uh, the shaking off bit, yeah, I do. I get up, I go for a walk around the block. I, you know, where I can, I'll get the opportunity to go and stretch my legs and get some fresh air. Mm. Um, my my life revolves around conference calls 
day in day out generally so it's a good opportunity to stick a pair of uh you know earpods in and go for a walk while you're on a call yeah i think that's important like i mean uh, see like when i see what i struggle with is when when i'm in that low thing it's just getting the motivation to get my fat lazy ass out of a chair and out of the house mm. um and but and it's really weird because like i agree with what you're saying like when they go to the gym um I always feel so much better afterwards, but it's just getting that initial get up and go that is needed. Um, but yeah, going for a walk. See, I listen to podcasts as opposed to audio books, um, but all mine are, you know, they're mainly things like paranormal ones or yep. things about serial killers, which I suppose says more about me than anything else, but because uh, they relax me, which apparently is a red flag if you do that. But um... you want to hear something on that front, right? So every night when I go to bed, I get into bed and I turn um, normally CBS reality or something on the telly, which is a channel that just plays wall to wall murder crime shows. <laughs> and I, I fall asleep every night to those shows. <laughs> And my poor wife, she thinks I'm plotting to kill her. So I'm learning the best <laughs> tactics. <laughs> yeah. And you're all like, put that body in water, girl, because that'll get rid of any DNA. <laughs> there's a there's a friend of mine who may or may not listen to this. I don't know. But um, he compares me to Dexter. <laughs> what? The, the, so, the, the serial the, killer, Dexter. The guy who kind of puts all the plastic in the rooms. And yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, because he with, with Dexter, if you've ever seen it, they talk. He talks about he has this dark passenger, right? And this dark passenger comes out, and that's the per- that's the one who kills people, effectively. Um, and yeah, apparently that's me. I've got a dark passenger. Oh, okay. Well, if I see any kind of news report with your mugshot and that you've gone on a murdering spree, I'll be all like, CBS. That's that's your problem. That. He was learning whilst he was asleep on how to actually get away with murder. My, my advice would be make as much money out of it as possible. <laughs> of course, we are not condoning the acts of no. uh, murder. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course, other 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 uh, criminal activities are available. Um... Absolutely. <laughs> Just don't get caught. Uh, right, so what else have I got on this list? I've got learn something new. Engage your brain in a new skill or hobby can be a fantastic distraction and can offer purpose that will help ground you. Okay. How often do we do that? I don't know. Take take up stamp collecting. I don't know. <laughs> stamp collecting? Yeah. God, Jesus. Oh, well, I suppose, you know, that would kill your brain. No offence to anyone <laughs> out there who, who does actually collect stamps. I'm sure it is lovely. Or you... Um, is it? Are they philanthropists or whatever they're called i don't know what they're called i honestly don't know and i feel like i'm going to offend some people by saying that so uh my my grandfather was a very avid stamp collector oh was he he was yeah do you still have his stamps uh i think my mum does i think they were left to her in uh, when he passed away so yeah any that you know that are worth money no i mean there's some there is some rare ones in there but there's not much of a market at the moment for for stamps we did. Um, we took them to uh, Stanley Gibbons in in London for like valuation, and their view was it was a great collection. But you know, to to split it all out and market it all and everything, it just wasn't really worth it at the moment. Yeah, I would never have thought that would be a kind of a. Oh, leave it a couple of years when stamps are back in. <laughs> did you not want that one? Jesus, I heard that down the mic. <laughs> Good. I'm I'm very pleased for you. I kind of want to keep it in. 
Said your nan. <laughs> you fucking dirty bastard. <laughs> there we go. Right. So, um, I mean, I, the, the learning something new, I think, is really good. So, I, you know, over the last year, I've had the opportunity to do a load of free training around mental health. And that's been a real uh, real help for me and, and a help to others as well, I suppose, because of uh, the knowledge I've gained. Um, and... I'm trying to think what else I've done. So I, I got into kind of, you know, anime and manga quite a lot over the last couple of years. So that's that's been quite good as well, seeing some of the, the stuff that's come out of there. Mm. Um, and I enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy doing a lot of doodling as well and drawing the characters and stuff from that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I find, yeah, stuff like that. I think, um, I mean, for me, I, I learned a recent thing, which is um, there's this software that uh, that was, it's, open source so it's all kind of free um where have you ever seen those videos where people do ai covers of songs but they have different um artists singing the song have you seen those oh gotcha yeah yeah definitely well i've learned i got this software and i've kind of learned how to do that oh nice um and so I can do like just normal voices. I can change the voice into other people's voices or I can do songs and stuff. And um, it's it's really good because, again, like, I can sit there for hours just kind of like fucking about with doing different voices and, and stuff like that. And, mm. and and as someone who does, I do like videos and stuff on YouTube. It really helps. And that kind of stuff, you can lose hours to that, which really does help you kind of, like you say, you, when you've got that new skill and you've got something there, it can just help you completely zone out from anything. Um, and you can, yeah, it's, it's good. So, yeah, I, I, t- I totally get the, um, the benefits of, of either a hobby or learning something new. Yep, absolutely. Next one is write it down. So jotting your feelings down. We've spoken previously, you know, I'm a big advocate for this. I think it's a really useful tool at the end of the day, just to jot down and keep a journal. See, I sometimes, um, it's kind of not really a a writing it down, but it's a similar type thing where you say it out loud. Have you ever, have you ever tried that? I've heard of techniques where you stand in front of a mirror and talk to yourself about things. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I think like, cause I, I, I have, um, I've got a friend who's I've spoken to before. He's the drag queen friend of mine who I do this yes. cards against humanity. And um, obviously he also has like ADHD and stuff. And I was explaining to him about how, when I have these things that are just there, like you say, some people can write it all down and they can get it on paper. Whereas I tend to just, well, it sounds really crazy when you say it out loud, but I just tend to walk around my flat having that conversation with somebody that I wanted to have. Okay. Um, or if, if something's annoyed me, so say for example uh, someone sent me a message and it's pissed me off or because they're usually the thoughts i'd need to write down are things that will negatively affect me i literally take what they've said and then i'll i will walk around sometimes for hours i might add having the conversation out loud as if i'm saying it to that person and then by the time i've done it enough where i just get bored of it it's out of my system okay um that's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, but it kind of only works if you live on your own. Otherwise, you just look, you know, absolutely crazy just walking around chatting shit and getting angry at people who aren't even there. No, no, I think that's that's really good. That's a, that's a useful little tool, that. So do you, do you, when you say you write, you write your feelings down, what do you do with it once you've written it down? Nothing. 
just it's just there. Sometimes I go back and read it. So if I've had like a really crap day, yeah, and I get to the end of the day, I write it all down. Yeah. And then like the next day I'd get up in the morning and reread it and go, what the fuck was I on about yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) That fucking wine. You know, well, you can, but you can, you, because you've slept and you've had the opportunity to refresh it suddenly, you know, you can reread it and go, God, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was yesterday. Yeah. You know, or you can give a new, get a new perspective on something. Do you, do you keep them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, you have them all that, um, like, would you do? Because sometimes I've read somewhere where people write this stuff down and then they burn it. Yeah. And it's their way of kind of destroying that negativity that they've had and they've put it down and they've given it a physical thing so that it's physically there in front of them. And then they just, just either burn it or tear it up or, or just dispose of it. And that's that way. That's their way of getting rid of it. But you keep yours. I do. So I keep my journals. Yeah. Um, mm. For no particular reason, I don't. I don't feel the need to have to burn it to let go. I, for me, you know, I I know, you know, from from some of the training I've done around counselling, you know, when you when you're having therapy, if there's someone that, like, for instance, if you had, I don't know, a major issue with a member of your family and that person had passed away, you could yep. never go and have that out with them as a on a one to one basis. So one of the techniques would be to write them the letter, right? You know, and you know, even take it to the place they're buried and stand there and read the letter out loud. And then when you're done, burn the letter. Yeah. You know, as a symbolization of that's it. You've let it go. Now you've said your piece, you've let it go. Yeah. It's bad. It's, it's like <clears throat> when you think of it like that way, you know, and you think it just goes to show there's so many things that go left unsaid mm. that, that you'd even need to kind of have that as a, as a thing. Um, Which is such a shame really, isn't it? When you think like we, how just, generally people don't say what they want to say yep through fear of i think a lot of that is through fear of how it's going to be perceived yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and i've got i think for me i certainly as i've got older i'm less pulling my punches nowadays i say it as it is a lot more than i used to whereas i used to sit there and think i shouldn't really say that because that might offend this person or you know is that going to cause me problems is it that it's like no fuck it I'm, i'm getting too old for this you know yeah, I suppose it gets to that point, doesn't it? And and I and I guess it all depends on whom you're saying it to. So like if you're if you're saying it to somebody you've known for a long time, um you probably know that person that you can actually come out and say it. I think yeah. I th- I do think I do think it's important to be as honest with people as you possibly can be without being brutal. Mm. Um but I'm I still kind of I still have that to learn. Like so for me I always worry about what other people think of me and what I do and what I say, even though I know people probably don't even give me a second thought whatsoever. Um but yeah, that always worries me about like saying stuff to people and what they would then think. I don't know. I, I look at it right, you know, it used to be a bit more of a kind of nodding dog syndrome. You'd sit in meetings and everybody else would speak and you know, you'd sit there nodding, whereas now I'm a bit more. So why are we doing that? From a work perspective, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm more, um, I'm not afraid to challenge anymore. See, from a work's perspective, I'm like that. I can challenge and if something if something comes up, I can, I feel comfortable enough to go, but why? Like, but I, I don't understand the purpose of this. And and that's because I, that to me is, that's work life. Mm. When it comes to doing it outside of work to people that I I see 
who are because obviously when you're at work you see these people in a work environment and although you might kind of see them outside or message them outside of work you know the majority of the people that you are working with aren't part of your everyday out of work life right so so for me like i wouldn't think to say anything to them about them outside of work because it once once the five o'clock rolls around that's it as far as i'm concerned i haven't Mm. got to worry about them it's the people that i i see who i would see and know when i'm at work and outside of you know people who, who are my friends outside of work they're the ones that will be there regardless of where I work and what time I have that conversation. Mm. So that's where I worry about the people rather than work. Um, And I don't think, I don't think I would be as, I don't think I could be as open with some people. I mean, if you piss me off, then I'll be a bit like, (laughs) but yeah, I suppose, yeah, like you say, the older you get, I guess you look at it and just think, oh, fuck this. I can't be asked. If you don't like it, that's, that's you, you know, I'm telling you. And that's on you. That's your thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the only other one I've got, I think, on this thread is um, count your blessings, which is an interesting one. I hadn't, until I researched this, I hadn't thought of this. It wasn't something that never crossed my mind. So uh, what it says is um, when you're having a good day, right, get a load of scraps of paper and write down all of the things you are thankful for in your life. Right. Put them in in a box or in a jar and then when you're having a really bad day, reach into that jar or that box and pull one of those slips of paper out and read it. Can I play devil's advocate? Go on then. So when I'm having a really bad day, I don't have those thoughts of I'm thankful for this, that and the other. Like for me personally, it doesn't. Like I, if I was to look at that, I would look at it and go, yeah, well, I've got that, but I haven't got this and I haven't got that. Mm. And that's how my brain, but that's how my brain, and obviously this, <laughs> Oh, it's me kind of putting a fucking spanner in the works. But like, just generally speaking, I mean, it is good. And I think when you're, I think those things there are good for when you are mid spiral. Yep. I think once you get, you know, they're, they're the little things that you kind of look at and, and, and say, actually, do you know what? Before, you know, so I don't go all the way down into the pit. Yeah, the this is good. This is good. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Although I've never done it. Have you ever done it? writing down what you're thankful for no no I, that's, that's, i'd never never thought thought never crossed my mind until until i read about it I, I i don't think i've ever sat there and thought oh at least i've got this at least i've got that and i've never thought of the things that i have got and i think that's probably a, a human condition where we're always worrying about the things we haven't got rather than the things that we have i think we unconsciously take the good things for granted as a as a as a society you know and i think things like covid prove that you know, when when you can go out and see your friends, go to a pub, for example, mm-hmm. or go for a meal, they're things that just they're just part of life, aren't they? Being able to go and see people and do things, and when that was taken away, I think people then realised how important little things like that actually are. I think you're right, but look how quickly it's gone back the other way again. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But again, that's because people, like you say, people forget. Mm. that's where i was going back to what i was saying with like if i'm having a shit day i never look at the the things that i take for granted mm. i'm in a mindset where i don't look at what i've got and that's sadly the whole thing of the spiraling but i mean if it works for people mm. then you know that's good mm. would you have a long list i don't know i think you'd really have to think about it you'd have to really think about what you, you know because 
what are you grateful for? You've got a roof over your head, right? You've got electricity if you can afford it. Yeah. You know, you've got <laughs> you've got a torch. Um <laughs> which I charge at work. Well well done. Hey, that's <laughs> a see, I for me. <laughs> there you go. You've got free electricity at work. <laughs> but you know, you do. You've got a roof over your head, you've got food in your fridge, um, you know, you've got a job, you've got an income coming in, you've got family, you've got friends, all positives. Mm. You know, but but could be taken for granted. And I think that, you know, you look at some of the third world countries and what they've got in comparison it would probably be quite easy to form a list. See, this you see, this is again, again, I just, I think I'm quite a negative person actually now when I'm actually saying these things. Because <laughs> I look at this and I'm like, that's all, and that is, yeah, I totally get it. And we do, we are very, very lucky for, uh, for the things that we have, you know, like you've rightfully said, I've got, you know, great friends. I've got, you know, very supportive family. I've got a boyfriend who, is you know is there for me if I need it and stuff like that. So I'm thankful for all those little things. Yeah, I do. You know, I'm going to try that actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna try writing down all the things that I'm thankful for. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be physical things either, does it? No, not at all. Not at all. It can be like you know I'm thankful for well physical health. Um, yeah. You know and stuff like that and it's. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there we go. So that's uh, we're we're just us two gabbing. <laughs> it's good, absolutely, absolutely. So let's uh, let's move on. Um, and I think I'd like to just bring back something we've we've spoken about in previous episodes. We haven't done for a while. Have you watched any good films or any good TV shows recently that you could recommend? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I did watch the Traitors, the UK Traitors. Yep. Um, which me and the other half got into um, to the point where we actually kind of virtually binged watched the first two seasons. So if you get to watch that, it is absolutely fantastic. Have you seen The Traitors? I- I've not. I cannot get past The Fringe. Oh, old Claudia Winkleman and her Fringe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, I just can't. I can't get past it. But it's she's in it. She, I mean, she is fabulous. Like she is really good. Like I mean, she's not in it very often. Um, but she is great. But it, it's 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 very good. It's very interesting actually. Um, because yeah. essentially, it's like you get twenty one people. Uh, three of them are chosen to be traitors. No one knows. Obviously, the traitors know who they are, but no one else does. And they and the faithfuls have to try and figure out who the traitors are and then get them out. And um they do challenges every day to get their money up. And at the end, they have to have got rid of all of their traitors. Uh, and then they split however many people are left. They essentially split the money between the people that are left. However, if a traitor has managed to get all the way through to the end and has managed to fool them to the very, very end, uh, then the traitor takes all the money. <laughs> the other people yeah, get okay. the rule. But it, it's, it's very good because it kind of, it just shows herd mentality in people. Mm. Um, and how it only takes like one person with a loud voice to to start talking about one person to convince an entire room of people that that person is the one they need to vote out. And a lot of them don't even have a reason to vote. They're just putting their name down. And when they're asked, they're just like, well, I just thought I'd vote for you because, you know, you're a bit sketchy. And you're like, that's not really what you thought. Because you know we saw out throughout the episode you were talking about other people, so it's very interesting. So that I would, mm. I would, I would, um, I would definitely kind of uh, recommend that. It's probably old hat now; it's just finished the latest season. But 
Yes, that's oh. my TV. I don't really have any movies. I watched a no? film called Night Swim. Have you seen that? Nope. It's basically Amityville horror, but with a swimming pool. Oh, okay. Um, it's all right. It's not brilliant. I wouldn't recommend it, but that's that's what I've watched. I'll give that one a miss then. Yeah. What about yourself? <laughs> um, we watched uh, The Fall. Um, it was uh, it was a BBC uh, drama that's now on Netflix and everybody's going mad for it. So it's got Gillian and Anderson in it. Okay. Um, and she plays a uh, detective superintendent in uh, Met Police and she's seconded out to um, Ireland to uh, basically investigate a murder. Right. Um, really, really good. Really good, like, kind of cat and mouse kind of story mm-hmm. about three seasons um and again you know other often i've basically binge watched the three seasons over a couple of nights so that was uh that was really good and now we are watching i've just started we're on episode three now of sex education oh okay the thing with chuti gawa in it yeah that's it yeah yeah oh i haven't seen it but is it any good well so far it's very funny oh okay okay so i'll have to give that a watch yeah i, I kind of i like chuti gawa anyway obviously um He's now the new Doctor Who, but I've never kind of never even thought to watch it. But yeah, I might uh, mm. give that a watch if it's uh, if it's funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's good. It's a good, uh, good laugh that one. Oh, that's good, good laugh. Oh, there we go. Right. So, right, moving on then. Last bit. Let's let's do jokes, shall we? <laughs> Would oh. you like to be number one or number two? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that my joke will be a number two, but I'll go number one. Go on. So, then. Um, I've just had the ultimate rejection. I was having a wank and my hand fell asleep. <laughs> oh. oh bless you now do you want to tell your joke <laughs> fucker oh right mine's a mine's an old school one right so what's got two legs and bleeds oh god i, I don't know half a dog <laughs> oh 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 that's 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 cruel. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. I was expecting a King Charles joke at some point, but not that kind of King Charles. Yeah, no, no. We'll save those for a couple of weeks' time. I think. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, when he's on the road to recovery. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! How oh, we laughed. Brilliant. Indeed, indeed. Well, I've got to say though, the news broke today of that, and if you go straight on Sickypedia, which is a website where the sickest of jokes tend to culminate, the first, like the top, the nine out of the top ten are all horrible jokes about King Charles. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are easily offended and, you know, it kind of, you know, you, you can't be dealing with that. Don't go on there. It's my, is my, um, is it my advice to you listeners out there? <laughs> don't go, don't go looking at it. No, it might, no, it no, might really ruin no. you. Cool. All right. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure, sir. Um, and pleasure has all been yours. Hopefully, as always, hopefully, um, Stu will be back with us in time for the next episode. With a brand new arsehole. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Ready to show it off to the world. Well, maybe he should probably keep that to himself, but, you know. Well, if you're going to pay the money to have it done, you're going to want to share it, aren't you? <laughs> true, true. Consent is everything, though. Indeed, indeed. But, uh, yep, it's been a pleasure talking to you, as always, and uh, we will catch up again on the next episode. Yes, excellent. Lovely to speak to you. And, uh, yeah, we'll chat to you on the next episode. Brilliant. Speak soon. Bye. Thanks for listening today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and suggestions, so you can reach out to us via email at sedjournan at onthemend.org.uk. 
or find us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok with the handle at Sedyanan. You can also locate us on Facebook or LinkedIn by searching On The Mend. If you'd like to support the On The Mend charity, consider buying us a coffee. You'll find the donation link in the show notes. Thanks again.